Hello, beautiful. Welcome to Stepping into the Light with Julia Treat. That's me, your host from juliatreat.com. Well, I just returned from my first retreat in Sedona, Arizona as a facilitator. Many of you know that I just ran my first retreat and I took the group to the same amazing, beautiful, blessed, (laughs) sacred land that I had my first pilgrimage to Sedona. There is so much that I can't wait to share with you. Everything that happened. It, It was, I am not kidding. It It is beyond anything I ever expected to happen. I just had chills even just saying that. But I couldn't wait to tell you who greeted me, was the first to greet me when I rolled into that beautiful land of Angel Valley. Now, before I get to that, I'm going to share a few things that I have not shared yet about Angel Valley that some of you know and some may not. So as this amazing group began coming together for this retreat, began arriving. I knew there would come a point where I would be telling the participants the history of Angel Valley, not just my own trip here, you know, to the, that beautiful place, but what they have been through, what they have made it through. And so, I'm trying to remember. I'm actually looking it up now um, because I don't remember the year. All right, so I went to Angel Valley in 2009 for my first, like my pilgrimage to Sedona. I wrote about it in my book. And and the, the caretakers of Angel Valley, Amira and Michael, you know, they had found my records from when I was there. So, and they said it was, you know, 2009. Now, I was at Angel Valley just a few months before there was a, before tragedy struck there. So for those of you that do not know about it, um, there was one of the authors or one of the contributors to The Secret, you know, The Secret, the book, the CD, all that stuff, one of the contributors took a group of people to Angel Valley. And this was just a a few months after I was there. And he took this group to Angel Valley and it was a workshop to really make them feel empowered. You know, empowerment, you can do far more than you ever thought possible. And this man, very well known, and, um, you know, whatever, you can look it up. I'm not talking names. I want to talk about what really happened and why it happened and all this kind of stuff. So this leader took the group there. They went out into the wilderness, and they had limited food, limited water, and he was really sure. This is, okay, now this is what I have learned. I do not know the man personally, so I'm just going by what I learned either through the news or through word of mouth or whatever. And no, the caretakers of Angel Valley did not tell me any of this. I did not speak of this when I was with them, so nothing came from them. So anyway, 
this leader took this group there. They paid him massive amounts of money, which I can see why. I mean, he, he was amazing at what he did. So they wandered the wilderness there with limited food and water. That is not what I do at Angel Valley now with this group that just went with me, but that's what his workshop was all about. And I don't, I don't know how long they did it. I don't know how many days. I heard seven days, 10 days, who knows, three days, doesn't matter. They did a sweat lodge at the end of it. And some of you may recall right now as I'm talking about it, people dying in a sweat lodge in Arizona. That was on Angel Valley's land. Now, when I saw the news that these people, I think there were three people, and I believe there were three. If I'm wrong on that, then I apologize, but I think there were three people that ended up dying. I think one, if I remember correctly with the news and, and everything that came out, I think there was one that actually perished inside the sweat lodge and two that perished shortly after. But again, I might be off on the details there. So what was being told or, or out in the media was that people wanted to leave the sweat lodge. They wanted to, you know, it's too hot, we need to leave, and he was not allowing them to leave. Now, granted, I don't think he was standing in front of the exit going, no way, you're not leaving. It was more of a verbal, you can do more than you ever thought. You know, it's this whole, I'm going to use this word, shaming them into staying. Because, now, I have, I have been in the sweat lodge that those people perished in. I had been in there three times. I had been in there just a few months before this tragedy happened, and I was actually the assistant. I had moved from the, the outer circle of the sweat lodge, where if there's a place that can be cooler, was on the outer circle, literally holding up the tent with my face down there trying to get fresh air, to being in the front with sweet grass and blessing the grandmother stones that were brought in being a part of the ceremony and encouraging others to partake and to you know, embrace the process, the transformation that was happening. I've been in many sweat lodges since then. But this one, again, was being run by someone else, not the caretakers of Angel Valley, but it was on their land. So I had not ever mentioned this when I talked about taking people to Angel Valley. And one of the participants who was there this, this last week with me just validated why I did not do that. Because we were sitting there the last day, the day before our final day. And I decided to tell the group, you know, did you ever hear of the sweat lodge where people perished and half of the group had and some hadn't. And I said, this, this is where it happened, this property. And they were stunned because the, what they had just experienced on this sacred land has changed them forever. So they were stunned to find out that souls had perished there. And I said, you know, in fact, one of them, this is how I got my validation of not bringing up with anyone. Because she said, had I known that, she actually, actually think actually what she said was, thank God I didn't know that because I think I would have chosen not to come. And I would have not given myself this experience, this magical experience that I have been a part of for the past five days. 
And I said to her and the group, that is why I did not say anything. Because I knew people in their limiting beliefs, the conscious mind would say, somehow this is a bad thing, or this is a bad place, or the vibes must not be good there for, because someone died. And I told the group, people die everywhere, including seven tubs, the place I've talked about in the past, that is filled with magical vortexes, that yes, at night, teenagers and even adult, you know, adults go to, sometimes to use drugs, sometimes to drink, sometimes to hang out, and they fall, and they, there has been this there. But that does not change the sacredness of a land. I remember when this all happened, the, the sweat lodge deaths, and I sat there and cried. It chokes me up now. Because I knew how magical the place is, that, that beautiful space. I wasn't angry that it happened, but I knew what the outside world was going to do with it. They were going to demonize this place. Seriously, that's what they did. I have been wanting to go back there. But I think I just had to know when the time was right. It has nothing to do with what was going on with the land and everything that they've done since. It had to be right for me. And last week was the perfect time to return and to take others on their own pilgrimage to Angel Valley. So the caretakers of Angel Valley, Amira and Michael, I remember when this all happened because Angel Valley was booming. I mean, they were building new structures. They were expanding. People, there was a waiting list to even bring groups there. And when this all came to be, because of course, the family sued Angel Valley too because it happened on their property. You know, they just trusted that this, this person was doing the, the um, sweat lodge the way that it should be done. They're not like in there um, policing everything. So they were sued. And there was even a time where Angel Valley, so they lost everything. They lost everything. They even lost pieces of Angel Valley that had to be auctioned off. In fact, Angel Valley itself was bankrupt and up for auction, I believe, two years ago, one to two years ago. And I remember looking at Michael and saying, dang it, if I had the money, I would freaking buy this. I would buy it for them. Like, people don't understand what the energy of Angel Valley is about because now what they're focusing on is that people died there. And I remember being like, I had to work through anger because so many people I know abandoned them, like literally just separated from Amira and Michael and Angel Valley. Because this quote unquote bad thing had happened. So as I have been guided over the past year or two, 
to begin my own retreats, that people need to go on these pilgrimages, that they need to go to these healing places, these places of sacred land, where there's vortexes, there's ley lines, there's so many energetic um, miracles occurring constantly. I knew that Angel Valley was the place. I can't imagine taking a group of people to a more magical place, to be honest. And, and this, this trip last week with this group that went with me on my first one, it just validated everything. So I'm telling you all that because now I want everyone to know what happened at Angel Valley if you didn't already. I, I am thrilled to be a part of their community now. I went up to Amira and Michael, and without saying anything about the details of what happened many years ago, I just, I just looked at them and thanked them. I said, thank you for staying the course. Thank you for fighting for Angel Valley. Like they have fought tooth and nail to keep that beautiful space. Even while in the process losing everything they had ever materialistically. I mean, everything was gone. They refused to leave the land. They're like my heroes right now. This is what it's like when you have a vision and you know this is going to happen or this is sacred place or this is something that people need to understand or that people will heal while they're here. I feel the same about the mountain here, Elk Mountain, where I feel Speranza will be a part of the retreat that I'm manifesting here in Northeast Pennsylvania. I feel the same, so I understand Amira and Michael's dedication to their dream. So I know this says, you know, the title of this one was, you'll never guess who's the first to greet me at Angel Valley, and I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm just trying to give you the backstory. Because now you can never move forward and say, I didn't know. Now it's like, I know what happened there, and am I going to be a part of this next retreat, or the next one, or the next one? So I'm going to be talking about everything that happened at Angel Valley that, again, I'm, 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 I get tongue-tied even like thinking about everything that happened. I sent out a survey afterwards. I said, you know, give me your honest responses. Um, this will help me make even better retreats in the future. I just need to know, you know, did you, what about the space, the food, the everything? And people are, I don't have it in front of me. I wish I'd had it word for word. But so far the responses have been this was the most amazing trip I have had in my entire life. And we're talking people my age or, or older, you know, I'm 50 now. The most amazing trip I have ever, ever, ever been on. The most transformation, the most love, the most angelic presence, the pinnacle of my transformation. I will never, ever, ever forget Angel Valley. I cannot wait to take people there. Like this is, these are the responses. So I'm going to be telling you stories of Angel Valley and what happened there that are going to blow you away. You're going to feel like you were there with us. But I want to talk about the cool things that happened just upon my arrival. So if you've ever read my book, 
or you've listened to my podcasts. I talk about my pilgrimage to Sedona where I got connected with Kuan Yin. And if you listen to my podcast and you have over some time, you also know that I deliver messages from Kuan Yin. I use one of my favorite decks of cards, the Kuan Yin Oracle deck by Alana Fairchild. So I was first connected with Kuan Yin in 2009. It was so profound, the, the, the connection I felt with her that I found a statue in Sedona. We had a, an afternoon day trip, morning or afternoon, whatever it was, that we went into town, into Sedona, into the shops. And I found this statue of Kuan Yin, and I bought it. And it's not like I had an extra $400 sitting around. I think it was three fifty dollars it was, it was up there. And for me at that time, that was a big leap of faith to purchase something like that. But on the way home, as I flew home after that trip, and, and I had connected with Kuan Yin that entire time at Angel Valley. On the way home, something happened to her, to this statue. Now, I'm not going to tell you all the details because you can go listen to that podcast or you can read the chapter in my book, but it's called A Message from Kuan Yin. And the podcast, if you want to look it up, it's posted on August 5th of 2015. Now, granted, this happened back in 2009. That shows you how many years until I decided to write my book. <laughs> I had all these things, these stories I had to tell, and I was just moving through my journey until it was time to record them all. So, yes, Kuan Yin, the message from Kuan Yin, the first time I connected with her in an amazing and beautiful, miraculous way, the podcast is August 5th, 2015. So here I am back at Angel Valley, the first time in nine years. I walk into the office. Oh, huh, forgot this part. So there's, there's two beings that greeted me. The first with this beautiful sunshine, beautiful light, this young lady behind the desk. She said, hey, my name is Ariel. So what I'm going to tell you about Ariel is that Ariel was the very first guardian angel of mine, my team, the first angel I ever connected with during a meditation, and I heard her name as Ariel. So I opened the door, parked my car, walked down the little path to go to the office. I opened the door, and this beautiful light says, Hey, I'm Ariel. Welcome. Internal giggle. <laughs> So I introduced myself, and I said, I'm here to run a retreat. You know, it starts tomorrow. I'm here to get acclimated and just really, just really, um, you know, tune in and, and just get ready for this amazing group. I sat down in a chair because she said, you know, have a seat. I'm going to get some paperwork together, and let me, let me reach out to Amira and Michael and see where they are on the grounds and have them come in to meet you. I sat down, and this cat, this big cat, I would say, I was going to say big fat cat, but it wasn't like too fat. It was, it, it was nice sized cat. Jumps up in my lap and lays down and just begins staring at me and purring. And so I started petting the cat. Now I am allergic to cats severely, but I just, I'm embracing the new me, whatever that means. I'm stepping out of any stories that I've had over all these years. Like I'm done with everything. 
And I even asked the participants of the retreat, please, please come into this experience letting go of everything and anything you ever thought you knew about anything. Just let it all go. Just come in like you're just being birthed all over again. A brand new baby. Show me the way, Angel Valley. So I'm petting this cat, and I'm noticing the cat's eyes. They're different. Like, I just am drawn to the cat's eyes. There's something, I'm going to use the word off, but not off. Like, if from a human, from an ego standpoint, we'd say off. Like, I had a feeling the cat maybe couldn't see out of one eye, physically see, but I knew instantly that she could see everything with her mind's eye. So I'm petting this cat, and there's hair all over me. And sometimes I start sneezing in the past. I didn't even start sneezing at all. I just sat there and pet this cat, and she purred and, you know, did, you know how they do their little claws, and they're, like, gently, like, um, not clawing you, but you know what I'm talking about. If you have cats, they're, like, really enjoying the massage you're giving them. So I honestly can't remember now if it was Michael or Amira that came in first. But whoever it was came in, and the first things out of their mouth was, oh, I see you've met Kuan Yin. <laughs> I, again, internal, that internal giggle just went off. And I'm in my mind already saying, I cannot believe the shit that is already happening, and I just showed up. Ariel, Kuan Yin. So I couldn't wait to tell you. And as, like, who greeted me? Just to have Kuan Yin there. Now, Ariel, that was big for me because that is the first angel that I got to know. She has come around magically ever since I connected with her many years ago, even before I went to um, Sedona the first time. And the Ariel winks just continued through the entire retreat. And I'm sure I'll be telling you more stories about that. So as we all met for dinner that night, people started arriving, and we were sitting around the dinner table, and I said, did you all meet Kuan Yin? And they were all like, yes. I mean, everybody that was there, except for maybe one person, doesn't listen to my podcast regularly, but the entire rest of the group, that's how they found out about me, was just, you know, as we say, stumbled across your, your podcast magically. They were all floored that the very first being that they meet is a cat named Kuan Yin. That was just the first magical experience of so many that occurred while we were there last week. So why not? I have my Kuan Yin cards here. Oh, and by the way, since I've returned home, and it took me a few days to get acclimated back. In fact, I'm not even, I'm not even going to say acclimated back to society because I'm changing a lot of things. I don't want to continue moving forward the same way that I have been. I understand now, being back at Angel Valley again, how important it is for me to disconnect. Not be a recluse, that's not what I'm saying. But disconnect from the energies of the world. Do so much more walking and, and walking in silence and being in meditation. It makes me a better teacher, a better mentor, a better leader, a better girlfriend, a better grandmother, 
a better sister, a better friend. So that is what I will be working towards. Now that I, you know, I have hired a team to start helping me and I just need to start stepping away from the old, how I've handled things in the past. So Kuan Yin, we ask you for the message. I just stopped shuffling and it, the card is Sweeping Sister Willow. It's number 31 from the deck. It's a beautiful, beautiful picture of Kuan Yin just literally sitting in this, this glow of sunlight or golden light. And it looks like she's either contemplating something or just feels like she's truly tuning into the message. So let's just see what this message is. This is our message for the week from Kuan Yin. So whenever you listen to this, whether it's the day it's post posted or later on down the road, when you hear your message, it's exactly when you're supposed to receive it. Hang on, I'm just turning off. Hold on one second, and I'll read the message. I set a timer for, I have a dinner in the oven, and it's about to go off, and I don't want it to go off while I'm speaking. So, okay. Sweeping Sister Willow gently brings you healing for forgiveness and release of old pain now. Let her branches gracefully sweep any sadness and pain from your heart and soul. Your time for greater inner freedom is dawning, and the cleansing sadness and healing of forgiveness is the pathway to that greater freedom now. You deserve this freedom, and you are swiftly becoming ready to gift it to yourself with the help of Kuan Yin. <laughs> I'm already giggling because what did I just say? I came back, and I am going to be changing things. I'm not doing things the way that I used to. And it just, this is just validation for me and perhaps some of you who've been contemplating that. Forgiveness is a way to raise your vibration by shedding old energies that drain you and prevent you from having all your power available to you now. It is a chance to free yourself from suffering and empower yourself. Sweeping Sister Willow guides you to forgive others and yourself abundantly and freely now. You may be very aware of your own need for forgiveness, or this may come as a surprise to you, in which case, be open to hearing the truth of who or what needs to be forgiven and released from Willow Mother from deep within your own heart. It may be a small incident from when you were a child or a significant experience that you have just put to one side in an effort to carry on with your life. This approach has been admirable, and yet there is always a time to confront, forgive, and move on. Not just in mind, but genuinely in the body. This oracle indicates that you are in, in the process of forgiving others and that you also need to remember to forgive yourself for being human and needing to learn and grow just like everyone else. You do not have to be perfect and sometimes it is in forgiving ourselves that we become most able to forgive others too. We suffer less from harsh judgments, which do not feel good for our heart and drain our soul forces. 
Instead, we experience more kindness, sweet nurturing from sweeping Sister Willow in her form of forgiveness and healing, and we can enjoy more peace of mind. Forgiveness is a powerful spiritual practice that helps you disconnect your energetic circuits from people, places, situations, and memories that can drain your power from the present moment and can slow down your spiritual growth and the physical manifestation of your heart's desire and soul purpose. At present, you are growing spiritually, and you need your power in the present moment to fuel your process. Like surfing a wave, you are about to be lifted. So forgive with sincerity and wisdom, and know that this doesn't mean you are permitting future abuse. It means you are ready to have your power in the present moment, that you have compassion, and that you allow the universe to direct the learning of every being on this planet. You let go of thoughts of revenge, and you free yourself from the past. It's a beautiful message from Kuan Yin. It is totally in alignment with what I am experiencing. Something Michael said, you know, one of the caretakers of Angel Valley, he did a, a talk with our group, and it was so moving. What he did with our group was beyond what I honestly have experienced with him in the past. I was blown away that even his vibration was matching everything that I felt would come to fruition at this retreat. He was talking about how we have a choice every moment that we can be in the middle of the chaos with our judgments, our egos. Now, I'm not saying it exactly like he did, but we can be in the chaos or we can rise above. We can be an observer. We can just observe and allow others to be on their journey, whatever that means for them. That resonated so deeply with me because that is the space that I am moving into of being the observer, even if it means at times when people are lashing out at me, that I am instantly removed from any kind of defensiveness, which has not always been the case. I ask the angels to help me do that daily to move into the space of being an observer. Not taking on the, the pain of the world, not feeling others' pain any longer. Just being an observer. Because when I take on the pain of the world, it dims my light. And that is not how I want to show up any longer. Listen to Kuan Yin's words today. It's time to forgive yourself and others. Let's shine together. I promise you, we are a force to be reckoned with. When our light is shining, look the fuck out.
<laughs> I giggle because every there's some people that listen to me that are going to be so happy with the message until I just said that. <laughs> but others of you, especially my soul sisters who were with me last week, are going to be giggling. <laughs> You're going to love that. So just a heads up, while I was in Angel Valley, I got clear divine guidance that I am to be taking other groups to Angel Valley for healing. Soul families are coming together. Perhaps the next retreat, you will be meeting some of yours. I know last week, this amazing group of women, I am blessed, so blessed to have you in my life, to have had you as part of the first wave, as one of you called it. You fucking rock. I love you all. The next retreat is coming in spring of 2019. Since it is a little further out than this last one when I scheduled it, I will be able to offer payment plans, but just know that the first point is, or the first way that, or the way that you get in and hold your spot is I will be taking deposits of $500. $500 will assure your spot in the spring of 2019. I am still working out dates with Amira and Michael at Angel Valley. It will again be a small group. It's perfect that way. We get to spend a lot of time together. We get to know one another. We get to heal together. So keep your ears posted. I will be putting out the date soon and announcing it, and um, I hope to see you in the next one. I'm sending massive love to you. Namaste. Namaste.